The following podcast is sponsored by SuperheroStuff.com. Sci-Fi For Me Radio presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is H2O. We didn't officially record one at Worldcon. But we did record a lot of things at Worldcon. We did record a lot of things at Worldcon. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to uh, this episode of H2O. My name is Jason Hunt. And I am Timothy Harvey. And we are back in the bunker. Recovered? Re- no. Mostly recovered? No. Kind of um, recovered? No. Because... Recovery's over there. <laughs> re- uh, <laughs> recovery's in another wing of the hospital. <laughs> uh, I do have my coffee, though. Yep. Um, Plus. We, uh, we, we are recovering from Worldcon 74. We did a live broadcast from Bartle Hall the entire week. Uh, those of you who were living under a rock, you didn't see all of the all of the links and People the tweets. People town, the, or, that's true, that's you know, true, they just get true. back in. Yeah, well, I mean, we said traveling yeah, internationally for the for the for what two or three weeks ahead of that, right, we were yeah. like, we're going to be broadcasting live. Um, and eventually, I, we were. Uh, yeah, and I think it was. I'm not going to say it was an unqualified success because I could qualify it with a couple well, of qualifiers. There's, there's some, and we, we were playing with new technology in a new situation. Yeah. And we knew going in that there was going to be more bumps at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And certainly uh, day one was bumpy. But day two was better, and day three was better, and Little day four bit, yeah. was better, and day five was better. Yeah, well, and you know, we made we made the joke throughout the entire week that we'd have it all figured out by Monday, and we pretty much did. Yeah, um, because Monday was the day we, it's all it's all in the living room, and I'm, <laughs> now I can put it all back together in the in the office. So, but overall, I think it went well. I think we we had the opportunity to talk to a lot of people. I think we had a oh yeah. Um, I, on I our have, list of con- on our list of award ceremonies to go to, um, uh-huh. we can click that one off. I mean, that, yeah. that, that's uh, I mean, yeah, because yeah, we were talking about it the other day. Um, uh, out of the major awards, there's Hugo, Locus, Saturn, Nebula, now Dragon, mm-hmm. um, World Fantasy, the Stoker for horror. So we, I think we we came up with I think a dozen. Yeah, I think there's twelve. We yeah, we well, we, could, like we, we could come up with twelve off the top of our heads. Right. Yeah. Twelve. Twelve of the major ones that we know right right from the start. And uh, uh, sure, there are others out there. But uh, but yeah, we're 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 looking at all of the different um, awards, and we're like, okay, well now we've been to when we've been to Hugo, we've right. been to Campbell Memorial, Campbell Memorial. And did we Sturgeon fi- Memorial and Sturgeon? So we figured we were a quarter of the way through, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. So the genre award bucket list. Yeah, and it was you know while while it was you know for us a fairly successful, uh, there was it was not without its controversy this this year. Sure, um, there were a couple of things going on behind the scenes that. Um, the Worldcon people chose not to address outside of a couple of very, very, very thin uh, social media tweets. But um, but also that's the kind of thing that necessarily I don't know that you want to address during the middle of the convention. 
I mean, that's that goes, because not. that becomes a thing in itself. Yeah, well, it has become a thing anyway because, well, sure. well, because well, of, you know, social media, social media being what it is. But um, Much less than last year, though. Oh yeah, no, I mean, no, last yeah. Year. Last last year was just a mess. This year it was. There were two the two incidents that I know, three incidents that I know of. Um, first of all, Charlie Lippincott mm-hmm. pulled out of his space at Worldcon because, according to him, the Worldcon people, the Mid American Two people, kept changing the terms of his contract without negotiating with him yeah. to change the terms of his contract. Mm. And he said, you guys are not – you're not acting in good faith, and so I'm done. But rather than just completely pull out and you know, deprive everybody – yeah, everybody who's coming here to see Charlie Lippincott in the Star Wars right. uh, display, uh, you know, because he's already out deposits and expenses and travel and whatnot. Sure. So he figured he'd go ahead and come. They rented a ballroom, hall, meeting room at the hotel where they were mm-hmm. staying, and they set it up there. Right. For an additional charge, it was it was a now becomes a ticketed event that you had to go in. I think that's how how they said. Well, I believe it he well, his expenses went up on that. So I mean, right. I, I think it's only yeah, fair. He, yeah, sure. And and not to mention but, it's the kind of thing that people will spend money on and not feel bad about spending money sure, on. I mean, if, sure. that, if that is if that is the kind of thing you're if you're going to be excited about. But one benefit know. out of that a side effect was that you know even though we didn't get a chance to talk to Charlie Lippincott. Mm-hmm. Even though we didn't get a chance to talk to Gary Kurtz, we did get a chance to talk to Alan Dean Foster. And when we went to interview him, it was at the hotel mm-hmm. where, they had, where they had all this stuff set up. So we got to interview Alan Dean Foster. And then we got to sit and listen to him tell stories <laughs> after the interview. And then we walked back to the convention with Alan Dean Foster, and he was still telling mm-hmm. the story. I mean, we went, I, I don't know, we probably spent, what, 45 minutes to an hour easily, with him, yeah. easy? Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was fun. Because, he's a, you know, he's a is, very friendly, engaging guy. I he mean, is. And he likes yeah. to tell stories. Yeah. He, and and he's a good storyteller. He's a very good storyteller. <laughs> That's probably why they get him to write those books. <laughs> Maybe. Um, geeking out a little bit mm-hmm. um, That when, when we're talking to him. And oh, there were so many moments. Oh yeah, uh, I mean, you you got to interview David Brin. Oh, I know. George R. R. Martin walked past our our booth. I don't know how many times, three or four, five, six times. There's there's one. It's <laughs> funny. There's one of the live clip feeds mm-hmm. where he's he's right there at the very beginning. Walks past the webcam, the, you know, the crowd, right. the crowd camera. He walks past, and you can see him looking at us. I mean, he's looking at the booth, like, "What is? What is this? What's going on here?" Because he yeah. slows down. Right. He slows down to look, and he walks, and then he keeps going. He walks past us like three times a day, every single day, and he doesn't stop. He's a busy guy. I know. His but time is, his time but, is... but but but. I know. Okay. I know. By the time we got to Saturday. We had already had a number of authors that had stopped and said, what are you guys doing? What are you guys right. doing? We're live streaming. Authors We're doing and publishers, authors, and publishers editors. Editors, and... publicity people, yeah. everybody. We, got, we had the publicist from Tor mm-hmm. uh, drop by, I think, on Thursday. Yeah. And she's like, what are you guys doing? We're live streaming. Oh, really? Very cool. Now, imagine what that would have been like. If the Mid-American 2 people had communicated to anyone that we were going to be there. 
they didn't honestly they did, they did not know what to do with us. They did not. No, they, they, did, they didn't. didn't. They and didn't. I think they, you know, if if there was another World Con in Kansas City next year, which there is not, it'll be in Helsinki. Helsinki or a bust, baby. <sighs> and then Ireland or bust after that. Mm-hmm. If we mm-hmm. if if it, if it ends up, and being then after that, twenty twenty is New Zealand, right? So <laughs> I want to go. Um, the the fact that we actually have a successful model, I mean, for all the bumps in the technology that, that happen anytime you do something like this. Yeah. And even, honestly, even if we had, even if we'd done this a a dozen times before, there's a bump in the technology. That's just what happens. Yeah. There's, there's, it, and it's, and it's funny because after, after the weekend, Mm -hmm. I think it was Tuesday, I got an email, um, from a company that does, I think it's called, I, I think it's called Streamcast. Okay. A free month. Uh, streamcast like <laughs> bit late <laughs> well well and i and i was looking at it and, you know and it's one of these technologies that you know it's like live stream or you stream sure, uh-huh, or streamcast yeah. where basically you you set it up to where you can uh broadcast on the web mm-hmm. from multiple locations and that was something that we had talked about on the on the way right. out when we were working with like because while we were at worldcon there was wizard world in chicago yeah. And the week before that, we were at Kansas City Comic Con in that same space, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Allison Isberg was at Oticon in right. Baltimore. The very last Oticon in Baltimore, by the way, because next year it's going to be in Washington, D.C., because Baltimore has gotten too small. Oticon has outgrown Parking is going to be Baltimore. much, much worse. Yeah, but that's – you know that's that's one of those things where you sit there and you go, you know, we could do X and we could do this. <laughs> yeah. The the biggest challenge to doing multiple locations, I see, would be communicating when to go. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of times, you know, when you're when you're on live by satellite with the way this thing works with in the television industry, it's a satellite link, mm-hmm. and. Or it's a microwave feed, depending on on your distance to right. yeah. the control room. So you've got your 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 newsroom, your control room at the TV station. Mm-hmm. It's where the signal comes in, and then it goes back out to everybody. So if you have uh, three reporters at various different places throughout the the city, they have this little microwave dish on. You know, it's, you've seen the sure, live trucks. Course, yeah. It's a little tr- little dish that sends the signal back to the receiver, and they and then you pick and choose and switch well all of that you have the ifb earphone you have the the, the two-way communication where mm-hmm. somebody in the com- in the control room can say all right you're up go right and that's the piece that we would have to figure out how to do it right because you know, you could very well be just somebody on the telephone mm-hmm. talking to whoever is running the camera on the other end well, you know, says, NPR does a okay, lot, of things, NPR does a lot so. of things with Skype anymore. Yeah. They'll have calls in, you know. Now, of course, that's radio, so there's no, you know, but mm. at, the, at the studio, well, there's, there's Oprah, visual. Uh, Oprah Winfrey was one of the first ones who started pulling in Skype video yeah. during during her show. So, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of ways you can do it. And uh, at at the very end, I think it was like Saturday, you know, it was, it was Sunday, uh, Chris Jensen, who was running the board, uh, figured out – how? Because on Saturday, we did the live edition of Sci-Fi XY, right. where we interviewed Todd McCaffrey about Dragon Riders of Pern. 
And that was a cool episode. That was very much fun. And you can hear that on iTunes and uh, podcast.com and, um, and our, our other places where, where we are. But, um, but one of the problems that we had was pulling in the video from the Google Hangout. And Chris figured out that if we had done that through Firefox mm-hmm. – we would have been able to pull the video in as a screen capture in the software we were using. Okay. Chrome wouldn't have done it. Internet Explorer wouldn't have done it for whatever reason. Frame sure, rate, right, yeah. Kodak, whatever. But Firefox, if we had pulled it in through Firefox, he would have been able to pull that screen up. And we could have had a cleaner video mm, sure. than what we had. We're, you know, We were just throwing a webcam up against the laptop and hoping for the best but yeah I, overall worked. i think it was a it was a it was a good it was a good first run um and we and and i think you know to answer some questions that we had out there i think we have established a new model yeah for well, covering we conventions had, we so. had folks coming up to us and asking if we were going to go to dragon con we were like we'd yeah. love to go to dragon con <laughs> yeah we would love to go to, dragon. to go to dragon you guys are going to dragon con right uh, um <laughs> Yeah. What's the next one you're going to be? Um, <laughs> well, because yeah. we, you know, to be honest, I hadn't even thought about Dragon Con because of the travel and the expense sure, right. and everything else. And th- I had no idea this was going to work. Right. You know, well, we really didn't know how well this was going to work, if it was going to work at all. So, yeah, it's it's definitely been a learning experience. It has definitely been one of those things where you sit there and now in the post-mortem – Excuse me. We've got our list. Mm-hmm. We've got our shopping list of everything that we you know, other things you know, things we need. I think we have about um, ten things a day on the shopping uh, list. Something like that. Yeah, we need you a booster I seat. I need one of those. We need you a booster seat. Because have I don't know if you've noticed, but in all of the video, um there is a definite difference. No way. No, 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 no. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen. Well, yeah, your heights and your legs. For those of you at home. <laughs> This is what we're sitting on. Well, yeah, okay? it's it's. I a want stu- you to but know these are terribly uncomfortable. They are terribly uncomfortable. We are going to get padded stools the next time we do this. So, we'll probably get something because but, they are uncomfortable. But they're the same height. Because they are uncomfortable, I have a tendency to slouch. Because I it is- well, I'm sl- I'm slouching. <laughs> see, if you look if you look at the video, see, we've got uh-huh, a monitor yeah, over right, here. Yeah. We're we're about even. But if I were to sit up. Mm-hmm. See, I'm, there's there's two or three inches there, and everybody mm-hmm. everybody that you sat with, I mean, we, it was it was a joke that I said, you know, we need a booster seat for Tim, but it was almost one of those things like everybody's taller than Tim. Why is everybody taller I'm not very than tall. Tim? Well, your height, you know, like I said, your height's in your legs, not your torso. Right. So that that probably had something to do with it. But sure. we had we had a couple of people out there that were really tall. Oh, good lord! Yes, um, <laughs> uh, David Murphy. Mm-hmm. Really big guy. Um, Maya had a couple of people. We ended up having to having to sit them in order to do, you know to be even because you know the camera shot would have been very lopsided. Very lopsided. But yeah, it's I'm I'm happy with with what what resulted. I'm I'm happy. I'm very pleased with the number of interviews. We probably got you know good fifty or sixty interviews yeah. out of the whole thing. I've lost. I have not got a final count yet on how many interviews we did over those five days but it was a lot 
Um, I stopped counting at 38 because I knew there were there were there were pieces in the live stream clips that we still need to pull. Right. And you know those those the 38 was just basically the the individual interviews that we recorded. Mm-hmm. In addition to the ones that we were doing live, so we we probably, I want to say, fifty or sixty interviews throughout the week, which is more than we've done in the last three years. And it, everybody worked their butts off, and I am very proud of the team. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where I sit there and. Can we do this? Can we do – we have enough people. And we didn't have enough people. No, but, if we had more people, we could have done even yeah, more. But the people that we had knocked it out of the park because mm-hmm. you know they, they went to the panels they could go to. We're still here a week later. We're still writing up panels. Um, and, and a lot of that is you know, we, we took notes because they wouldn't let us record. <clears throat> and that's a whole other thing. But um, we took our notes. We, you know, we're writing up the panels. We took the photographs. I've got, uh, I've got photos from the masquerade mm-hmm. that still need to be uh, loaded in, so we could put it with Teresa's. And article. the masquerade is not your standard science fiction no, uh, no, costume contest, right? Uh-huh. So it's, it's actually like this performance, small skit, elaborate kind of thing. And some of the costumes yeah. are gorgeous. Oh, they are. I mean, yeah, just really, really. The the uh, the My Little Pony Victorian era dress, <laughs> right? I thought that was that was clever. And what's interesting is that a lot of the costumes were not like of a character that you know. It was more like a, a there was a one about uh, the history of flight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, all the way from not quite Icarus, all the way up <laughs> yeah. to all the way up to the, through the future. And so it wasn't like you know you weren't looking at specific characters. But you're looking at concepts and ideas, yeah. and there were what eight people involved in that? Something like that, six or eight yeah, people. Some, yeah. Um, so I mean, the, there it's it's a really kind of almost a almost a theater. Um, it was really cool, and we were right there on the second row because it's like, yes. oh, are you press? Come with <laughs> yes, me. We're yes, like, come with me. where are we going? Okay. <laughs> and she takes us right up there. We're like smack dab Even, in the middle of the yeah. second row. We're like, oh, and that okay, and that comes after. <laughs> The conversation where we got told, well, we don't want to have 12 of you up there going into the Hugos because the the backlash that we'll get because you got press passes. You didn't buy your way in. This – I you know, you talk about the, the, the Worldcon people not really knowing what to do mm-hmm. with us. There were a lot of those conversations where they had to figure out what to do with us because, A, press doesn't go in. Right, like that. Nobody has ever asked them to do something like this. Right, and usually, usually, if, if if there's press that comes in, it's a reporter and a camera person. Right, and they're there for maybe ten minutes, fifteen minutes. They shoot some B-roll, they get a live shot, they talk to some people, and they leave mm-hmm. because they're local and they go to whatever TV station they go to. So we, I saw three or four of those. Sure, yeah, and there were some folks from the from the Kansas City from the uh, um, Film KC. Or the no the the KC, the city office. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the so, the visit KC visit the KC, tourism office. Yeah. So they were but they came by and, and got photos and some video and right. things like that, which was great. We 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 always like having that. But but for us, it was one of those things where there you you need how many press passes for the whole for the whole time and you know it they're they're looking at 
the cost of the access. Sure. Because this is not something you just buy a day pass, you just walk in for 30 bucks. It's, you know, this, it's $250 or something to be uh, an attending member on this But thing. that's for the entire week. It is, and yeah. it's also for you don't have to you don't have to pay to get a book signed. Right, you just have to stand in line. Right, and in some and cases those lines are long, but a lot of times they're walk right up, get a book signed, and the, I, talk to the author. I didn't have to stand in line for Ellen Dean Foster to sign my copy of well, Splinter of the Mind's Eye. I was very happy with that. And he didn't he didn't roll his eyes or glare no, at you no, or no. anything. He was like, oh sure, no problem. Yeah. And, and I I realized on Sunday that I as we were walking out, I forgot to ask Todd McCaffrey. Right. Because I had I had his his first solo book in Pern mm-hmm. was in the tote. Right. And I forgot to ask him. I was like, oh, because we spent so much time on the on the tech on right. getting everything to work. And I was so relieved, and then we were talking a little bit afterwards about just stuff, just shooting the breeze a little bit, and like you do. Well, it's easy to get caught up in this, because when I was talking to David Brin, because he's another great storyteller, just just verbally a great storyteller. You kept him past his scheduled time to um, read. Jason's over here, he's got got a, uh, a reading to go to, and I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm waiting for him to breathe. Yeah, because I don't, I'm not going to just you know cut him off. <laughs> but he's just like he's telling this great story, and I'm like, okay, he's got to have a pause. And then point. that story rolls into point. another story. I'm like, he's got to have a pause point. <laughs> and finally, I'm just I'm like, okay, I have been told, <laughs> and I said, no, I said, that's where we have to leave it. Unfortunately, because I have been told. Yeah. And we thanked him, and he walks off. And he does what everybody did the entire week: is they get up and walk off with the microphone still attached. Oh, so sure. Like, like what? Yeah. Um, and then he he gets off camera and he runs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he was like, because because uh, then that's when he looked at his watch, right? And he goes, "Oh, I'm supposed to be at a reading, aren't I?" <laughs> Super nice guy, yes, very very yeah. funny. Every, um, everybody that came by for an interview was very generous with their time. Oh, yeah. I mean, we got to talk to a lot of different people. We got to talk to, um, we talked to Kate Polk about uh, Sad Puppies Four. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I don't know if you saw, but E Pluribus Hugo apparently passed in addition to EPH plus and the four and six. So uh, basically all of the different options for changing the rules mm. passed. And that was something that, uh, I know Kate Polk was looking at saying, you know, if that happens, the Hugos are pretty much done because it's. It's it's one. It's a way to complicate the process even further than it already is, and two, as a result of complicating the the process further, the gatekeepers are more able to gatekeep on the nominating process. So we'll, we'll next, have to see how. It yeah, plays next out. next year will next year will definitely be a very interesting. You know. After the last few years, the argument for changing how things are done, you can certainly see where people would want to go with it. Whatever it is. I mean, because there's, there's you know, uh, arguments on all sorts of different sides, what right. things need to change. How they change is always the question, and what that means for next year is going to be a very interesting thing to see. Well, I found it interesting, too, and I, and I can't um, – uh, Hogarth? Hogarth? She's the vice president of the Science Fiction Writers Association. Okay. And <laughs> she was saying, I mean, this is this is an officer in the organization mm-hmm. that the official professional organization for science fiction and fantasy writers. Right. Um, this is somebody with some clout mm-hmm. who is sitting there saying that 
we are very possibly already at the point, past the point, where the genre fandom has been balkanized very much like everything else in the culture. The culture war has already gotten here. It's already arrived in the fandom, and we're already past the point of no return. We are not going to recover. It's Maybe. entirely possible. I think, I think it's, I I think think it's right. Fortunately, I mean, all you have to do is, and of course we're in the middle of political stupid season when this is like mm-hmm. on display massively. Um, how wherever, wherever, but it's been like this for a long time. I know, but I, mean, I think I think when we've talked about this with with the effects of the internet and being able to have a bullhorn for. Funny <clears throat> you should say that. I haven't read it yet. Yeah, well, this is an interview. This is a this is an article. This is cover cover article on Time Magazine mm-hmm. this week. Why we're losing the internet to the culture of hate by Joel Stein. I have not read it yet. Um. But uh, the the headline of the article itself, the age of trolls. Uh, so I'm I'm definitely going to be reading that and taking a look. But yeah, you're right. It, you know, the, the political season has augmented and amplified things. Mm-hmm. And you know the you know we've talked about the fact that the internet has has given so many people anonymity to the point where you know you just feel like you can say anything without consequences. Well, and the tiniest voice. And, and okay, and I'm going to say something which sounds. Like it should be a good thing. The tiniest voice can have the same level of reach yeah. as the, the biggest, the wealthiest, whatever. You know, the, the problem is, is that because we have the kind of culture that freedom of speech is as free as ours is, mm-hmm. um, there's no gatekeepers to keep the bad people out not and in so, the internet but see the thing right. but it is though that's that's a subjective thing exactly well i mean that becomes as far right as exactly. the bad people mm-hmm. because uh, the group think and we've seen it and and you can you know you you and i don't agree politically and and we're probably not going to agree on this as well but the there is anecdotal evidence Stories that people tell about their experiences, mm-hmm. and we see what happened with Tony Weisskopf last year, with John Wright's wife being told to her face that you don't belong here. Well, last year was a almost burn the place La- to yeah, the ground. Well, yeah, thing. I last, know. Last year, but, I think we're going to be quite. Okay, go ahead. The, uh, reading what Hogarth wrote, she's been in places where people have sat there and said, "We want all the conservatives to die in a fire." And give us money. And those people didn't get kicked out of the meeting. Those people didn't get their wrists slapped and said, you really shouldn't say that kind of thing because it's it's not very nice. The people who preach tolerance more than any, anything else are the least tolerant. And, and you see this across all of, all of the – everything, environment, healthcare, politics, whatever – Yes, I would massively disagree with you on that. Uh, well, yeah, ahead. I mean, you will, but but we're we're seeing that now in science fiction. I mean, look at what happened. Dave Truesdale, Dave Truesdale got kicked out of uh, of Worldcon. He had his membership revoked, and from what I have I have listened to the beginnings of that panel mm-hmm. because he released the audio, and the trend that I'm seeing online now is. After people get a chance to listen to the entire panel, mm-hmm. their opinion has shifted from 
you know, to start with, it was, well, Dave shouldn't have done that. He, sh- you know, he hijacked the panel and, and you know, bad, bad things, sure. right? You mm-hmm. know, wrong thing. And people have sat there and said, after listening to the panel, I've changed my mind. I haven't heard anything in that panel that hadn't happened in countless other panels. Well, Drisdale hadn't done anything to merit expulsion. Not only that, but as people have pointed out, Minamericon 2 did not follow even their own procedures on that one because there was no follow-up communication with Truesdale. Mm, I mean, Truesdale didn't find out anything was going on until he got the email saying that he'd been kicked out. And according to the procedures for the incident response team stuff, Mm -hmm. they're supposed to be conversations and communications among all of the parties affected involved. Sure. Which means somebody anonymously complained because there's no record of any anybody that said anything because the rest of the panel went just fine. You know, it was amicable, it was it was collegial, everybody got along, everybody had their time to say whatever it is they were gonna mm-hmm. say. Truesdale moderated the panel just like you know, just like he moderated the panel. And everybody says he just he did just fine. He had his opening remarks, and then the rest of the panel was just a normal, like you would expect. I have not, I have not listened to the audio. And you know there was there was discussion and there was applause at the end. You know everybody seemed to to do very well. And then Truesdale gets this email that says, you know, because of your behavior, you your membership has been revoked. And it's that was in violation of the the event's own policy. So not only do you have the groupthink argument being made because mm-hmm. what Truesdale said was, you know, we've got too many special snowflakes. Everybody is everybody's getting their feelings hurt. Just get their feelings hurt. You know, if you don't like something that somebody says, you've got a boo-hoo about it, which happens a lot. On both sides. Yeah, you can't but, no 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 no. But, but, Seriously, okay. on both but, sides. But the conserv but the conservative the conservative thought does not involve safe spaces. If no. I okay now listen no 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 no. But no, okay. there, we, don't, we, don't, there, we do not want to go down this avenue because this, a it's going to get political. Which yeah. We're going to do and b don't even get me started on conservative victimhood. Well, because gonna, I can well, go on I, I can go on for hours on on the current trend in conservative thought right now that well we're victims. It's both sides. People need to get a grip. Well, they do. But they it's, do. it's not It's not a, you know, all the, you know, liberal, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's, there's plenty of that going on on both sides of the aisle. Whether it's fiction or politics or religion or whatever it is, everybody's playing the victim game. And then the, the idea that somehow it's the, you know, the... The political correct people are playing the victim. Don't even get me started. I can, I can give well, you, I can give you rank and file and a list of conservative whiners right yeah, now. Yeah, but yeah. Well, no, and I'm not saying that they don't. I'm not saying there Good. isn't there isn't that side of it. But <laughs> they but, do. But the people that are running certain aspects of fandom, let's say. Well, but okay. But the thing is, lean is, to the left, and because of that. Well, generally Anybody speaking, that doesn't agree with them is being it, well, they're being they're being kicked out, they're being left out. Well, being, but we don't. But, being uh, demonized but we and, don't know. We don't know, and we can't. Unfortunately, there's no way for us to know who made that decision 
and what their reasoning was. All we know is the aftermath. Right. And we are making decisions and opinions based on the aftermath and one side of things. Right. So, which is not how well, and, you're and, supposed to work. But it's the way it we is. Asked, and we asked, I asked Ruth Lefard, who who's the chair of, sure. of MAC2. I asked her twice. I know, but again, I asked I, her twice. doing it in the middle of a convention, because especially after last year, where everything was very public and mm-hmm. very loud, yeah. I can completely get her going, we put out a, we put out a, a press release. And that's it. Because that's, but they didn't. It was well, a tweet. Or what, whatever it is. I mean, however, whatever the information two, they put out. It was two sentences on Twitter, and that but, was it. Well, two sentences on Twitter anymore is a news release. It's a shout. A shout in the wind. It's, I don't know. You get whole political articles written about a tweet anymore. Like, right. What does he mean? Well, he means, duh. <laughs> well, duh is going to get coffee. Get more um, coffee. And, and in the process, we're going to let you hear from our sponsor, SuperheroStuff.com. Who has no political affiliations? No, and and neither do we, because fandom should be inclusive of all types. That's right. Right. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Where can you get the latest cool superhero and sci-fi merchandise? SuperheroStuff.com! From t-shirts to keychains to cookie jars and everything in between. Superhero Stuff has added more buyers to the staff, which means more stuff, which means more for you to choose from. And don't forget the Hero Box, the must-have superhero mystery box. A $70 value, just $49. Visit SuperheroStuff.com today and gear up with your favorites. SuperheroStuff.com! Where heroes shop. I'm meteorologist Brian Busby. If you're traveling to a convention this weekend, especially if you're a cosplayer, it helps to know what the weather's going to be like. Rain and fur don't mix very well, now do they? That's why every week, Sci-Fi For Me gives you the weather forecast for every city hosting a convention. Those we have on our list, anyway. And that's worldwide, not just in the United States. It's part of our commitment to bring you content you won't find anywhere else. Just click on the Conventions tab over at SciFiForMe.com, your portal to the science fiction multiverse. Whoa, where'd you get that shirt? Bought it at the convention last week. It's an atomic cotton design. Atomic cotton? Yep, they got t-shirt designs from sci-fi, horror, cult films. All the shirts were really unique and fun. I had to get one. I gotta wait for another convention, though. Nope. AtomicCotton.com. I ordered a shirt. Shipping was super fast. Atomic Cotton, where Erica and Zach combine their passion for art and film to create wearable art. All original, made with a love for the genre. Coming to a convention near you very soon. Or find them on the web at AtomicCotton.com. Atomic Cotton. Shirts and art for fans by fans. Star Wars fans, McKenna Riley here, inviting you to join me for the latest news, rumor, and innuendo from a galaxy far, far away. Salacious Crumbs, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Now, we are, um, we are roughly, what, a quarter, a quarter of the ballots have been processed. Right, so, about a quarter of the people who, who got ballots, or got links to the ballot, um, have voted so so it can completely change but well depending on what result you'd like to have good luck well you know i'm actually really pleased that someone actually ran against me this year okay because they didn't last year and that felt weird to me mm-hmm. so i was actually really glad when alden said he was gonna run it's like cool excellent good for you um and two years is a long time for a president. Yeah. And eight years. Eight years is a long time to be on the board. 
So yes. there's part of me that's like <clears throat> a little relief. I could lose. That would be cool. <laughs> and part of me is like, oh my god, I want to do this, and I want to do this, and I want to do this, right? You know, so because we have other things for you to do. <laughs> we have plans and schemes. All right, back on H two O, Jackson Hunt here along with Timothy Harvey. Hello. We have coffee. Mm-hmm. We have a calm, quiet space. <laughs> the bunker is a safe space, ladies and gentlemen. Safe-ish. It is a bunker after all. It is. Yes, it is. Yes. Right. Well, you know. Yes. All thoughts are tolerated here. Even when you're wrong. <laughs> Even when you're wrong. <laughs> uh, so, um, we talked about a little bit about this uh, before, and I do want to go ahead and say this. Uh, okay. a, a very positive thought. Um, Cecil Baldwin from Welcome to Night Vale. Yes. Uh, just announced he's HIV positive heard that and um we joke on this show a lot about being old and you know the fact that we're we're old men and blah 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 yeah so much so that uh it was suggested <laughs> that it become a drinking game right um which we should do I'm that st- one I'm night still not, just, I'm still not sure about that <laughs> i know it's a terrible idea it's a great idea it's a terrible idea but anyway um we're old enough and this is this is a good thing about being old enough we're old enough to remember when that kind of announcement usually meant death sentence mm-hmm and um, Welcome to Night Vale and Cecil Baldwin, through Welcome to Night Vale, has become a huge part of the explosion of audio programming. Okay. Yeah. So the podcast and, um, you know, the kind of the return to scripted audio that has been, has been and a, lot, a huge amount of audio, genre audio, mm-hmm. which has been really great. Um, but Welcome to Night Vale kind of really broke through. And really exploded. I mean, it was one of the first ones that sat there and grabbed hold of audiences and went, you got to listen to this. Yes. And Cecil Baldwin, of course, is the voice of Welcome to Night Vale. Uh, if you've ever seen video of the live shows, he plays that audience so well. <laughs> he is so yeah. good with an audience. But the idea that if Welcome to Night Vale had been around in the late 80s, it would be done. I mean, that would have just been, right. the whole thing would have fallen apart. But now, and we've lived through this, we've lived to this point where there's somebody could be basically, everything's over, to now have a full life. And treat, mm-hmm. you know, it's a manageable illness. Um, and that, so Welcome to Night Vale is going to keep going. And Cecil Baldwin is going to keep going. And that's a good thing. That's a very good thing. Yeah. And we, we've, that's, you know, we're I was, in, I was wondering how you were going to turn that HIV positive into well, a positive. Well, the thing is, is here, you know, but... we, we joke about, we joke about being old, but we're living in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got cell phones and, and, and life-saving medicines and things like that that are, yeah. you know, in our own lifetime. We're just not there. I saw... It's really it? cool. Ayla we Glass. wish you nothing but the, nothing but the healthiest yeah, we, days ahead we of you, Yeah, we do wish uh, positive things for Cecil. Ayla Glass, one of our correspondents in, in L.A., mm-hmm. who hasn't corresponded in a while. Ayla. Um, she posted an article... And I don't, I think it was Inc. Magazine, mm-hmm. I think, that was talking about the generation, the, the transition generation. Yeah. That we are the last generation to not have the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are the generation where the internet came to fruition. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we're the ones who can speak the two languages of. Pre-internet and post-internet. Well, and we're also kind of that generation that is still having that stumbling block. Yeah. Where we, if you were, 
and you know, and our, our folks to a degree, um, more so. But we're still at that point where we were, you know, pre-internet and post-internet, the worlds were very different. Yes, uh, we went from we went from 20th century to science fiction, um, and some people have adapted to that incredibly well. Some people haven't. Some people haven't. Some people are sitting on the fence trying to figure out how best to avoid some of this. Well, stuff. and I think that that's, that's any time you have a big technological change. I mean, remember the people who were, television? Why, that's crazy talk, man! Yes, that will kill radio! And kind of did for a while. About, I don't know, ten years? <laughs> well, they said it was going to kill movies, too, but it didn't. Right, well, and... Unfortunately, TV. You know, movies are killing movies. <laughs> well, the web's killing everything. At, well, at, at no, some the, point, at yeah, some point, but, because the model, the model for viewing television, the, mm-hmm. the model for watching shows, yeah, is now because I've I've started to see some blowback uh, on CBS for CBS All Access because mm-hmm. not only. Are you going to have to pay $6 a month for CBS All Access in order to watch Star Trek? Mm -hmm. But it won't be ad-free. Right. They're still using an advertiser-supported model Mm -hmm. for the on-demand video, um, which people are sitting there going, wait a minute. Hulu, you you pay and there's no ads. Right. Netflix, you pay and there's no ads. CBS All Access, you pay and hang on. Well, but also bear in mind that CBS, in, in, it's the same thing though. CBS is a transitional generation yeah, there's, industry. They're, they're still trying I mean, to do it the old way with the new technology. Well, and it's and not going to work. I think, and we've talked about this before too, the internet and watching on the internet and streaming on the internet and all the different things, all the different options that people have to watch. Network television has struggled with that since you discovered you could put things on YouTube. Right. And certainly the explosion of online services like Netflix and Hulu and these different these different broadcast mediums. Um, you know, but even the cable, even cable looked at the way things are being done and really has started focusing on specific kinds of targeted programming to get people to watch it. Which is one of the reasons why the Sci-Fi Channel actually went back to Sci-Fi? Did a a 180 and and started programming science fiction. I remember when I first started this Mm -hmm. whole thing. It it came out of a number of uh, discussion threads, comment boards, and whatnot. People were sitting there going, we just want a channel that's got science fiction. Sure. And my initial thought back then was, why does it have to be a cable channel? Why couldn't it be something online? Mm-hmm. Now, this is back before Hulu. This is back before Amazon Prime. It's before Netflix. I had the idea first. <laughs> Where it was basically, you, you know, know starting to look at... You copyright those things. I know. See? I just, you know, hindsight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to step into the time travel machine <laughs> and go back and tell myself. And you'll be rich, Uncle Otto. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool? No, 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 no. Um, no, there's too many problems with time travel. Um, uh, that's true. Uh, I just uh, I've been reading a lot of Charles Strauss lately, or listening to a lot of Charles Strauss lately. He's mm. the author of the Laundry Books. He's got a short story collection. Oh yeah. And he's uh, got a, a, a short story, almost a novella called Pompasette, 
and it is time travel, and it, it's, it's time travel the way I've never seen it done before. I'm sure somebody else has written something similar. No, no, no. Time travel the way you've never seen it before is Time Bangers, yeah. which, which okay. is one of right, the interviews that we well, yeah, did well, at World Yes, Con. that's true. Um, but no, uh, uh, basically the, the, the premise is, is that every time you go through these wormholes that take you back in time, uh-huh. you are a new quantum copy of yourself. So the, okay. so the initiation for you to become a member of this Time Corps mm-hmm. is killing your own grandfather. Oh. And then graduation is you kill yourself at your graduation. You step through the gate in front of you, come out behind you, and kill yourself. It is... It, uh-huh. I'm like, I'm reading okay. this going, or listening to this going, this is... Wow. wow. Yeah, it's very, it's very interesting wow. stuff. So, But after listening to that, I'm going, you know... Time travel's dangerous. <laughs> you talk about, we talk uh, about being in a transitional generation. Uh-huh. I think that the literary groups in fandom uh, are faced with the same thing because you know every year now in the last two three years with Hugo's people are starting there's there's more people starting to debate the relevance of the Hugo award and you've got the dragon uh, dragon award started this year mm-hmm. dragon con that's going to be a more fan driven oriented Thing, right. a lot more categories. The the Hugo is very insular. There's that's you you have to you have to pay to be part of this group, and the sure. group is you know the group think, and you know there there are all these accusations that are going on with these about this you know I don't want to say he man woman haters club type of mentality, but it's that you know we're going to protect our own circle the wagons type, and the Hugos are for. A certain type of people who like a certain type of story. And everybody else can just go their merry way. And it's perfectly fine if you like other stuff. But Hugo is going to be for X. Okay, so I've been thinking about this. Um, Especially considering I went to the Sturgeon and Campbell Memorial Mm -hmm. Awards. Mm -hmm. Which have a completely different judging criteria. Right? They have a panel of judges. Okay? And they reign... And they're all authors. And they are... Uh, you know, authors like, you know, Gregory Benford. So people who know what they're talking about. Yes. People who are good writers. Yes. And very critical writers. Um, and one of the things that when Benford gave up, got up to, uh, he didn't give up. He got up and introduced one of the books and talked about why, why it was even in contention mm-hmm. as one of the best books of the year. Um, he made a point that there were only, there was only one title on that was even being considered for either the Sturgeon or the the Campbell Memorial. Uh, and there's a distinction between the Campbell Memorial and the Campbell Award, so that's why I keep saying memorial. Right. Uh, because it's a separate award. The, the Campbell Award is also given... There's, the- there's a Campbell Award for Best New Writer. Right. And then the John W. Campbell Memorial War, Award is for Best Novel. Right, Best Novel of the Year. Yeah, that's the Campbell Conference. Right. Campbell Memorial Right, which award. is out of... Which uh, uh, the Campbell Center... The Gun Center, uh, the gun center the is science, gun, The Gun Center for the Study of Science Fiction at the University of Kansas. Right. That's a mouthful. I know. Say that ten times fast. Um, but anyway, he, 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 it, it was almost a point of pride for them that only one title, Seven Eves, Stevenson's mm-hmm. Seven Eves, which was on everybody's list. Everybody, yeah. you know, it, it, very critically acclaimed novel. Um, but that was the only one. 
Now, and they does, were very proud of that. And doesn't that tell you something? Well, it, 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 doesn't it wasn't... That, well, doesn't that have any <clears throat> significance at all? Well, but it was targeted less at the Hugos specifically, because they also said they also included the Nebula in that. Which but, has been lumped into that same group think we're going to, you know, the, liter- also the literati crowd that... Well, but this, but I, you look at no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's fair because if you look at the titles that are on the list, a lot of those you would argue that the the titles on the list of Campbell nominees and the, and the Sturgeon nominees would also be literati titles. Okay, mm-hmm. they're high high quality literature here that happens to be science fiction fantasy. Right, and the difference is that um, these guys are not looking at it from. Oh, it's the difference between a, a a tight group of judges. Five, ten, twenty, yeah, and hundreds, thousands. Okay, mm-hmm. because it's very. It's, if you and I, and one other person, because two is a terrible number of judges, um, were to be picking the best of anything, because you need to have three so you can tiebreaker. Right? Yeah, right. Um, That's what the dog is for. You and I could have a spirited discussion about the individual merits of these two books, and when it's done. You and I are both going to know why the other one thinks that, and we may not necessarily still agree exactly even, even after all of that. But you could still you could make my argument to someone as to why they should read this book. Yeah, because you're going to know it when you get hundreds of thousands of people, or hundreds and thousands, or how many ever. Um, you end up with a not being able to sit there and say I don't know why 300 people voted for this book I've never heard of. Yeah, or this book that I hated. Why did they pick that? You know, and and you, what you could end up with is, I didn't like that book. I don't like that author because I think he's a jerk. And then you get, mm-hmm. you know, it, it snowballs. Yeah. And I think that I, I don't I don't know that I'm not saying that you can't have blind voting with large numbers of people. There's an argument, and, I mean, and there certainly was last year. Right, but I, I don't. I think that it's maybe maybe when you get to that kind of scale where you've got hundreds and hundreds of people voting on something. Too much human nature seeps into the process because we end up with our own cuz okay so maybe but if you have that much you have that much participation on the citizen level let's say not mm-hmm. not necessarily all sure. authors and editors and, and right. whatnot. You have fans, and mm-hmm. the fans are going to have their list of things that they like. And if you get more people participating, mm-hmm. rather than less, if you get you know five thousand, ten thousand, fifteen thousand. The law of averages is such that you're going to get that core list of titles. That's going to be on and a I would, lot of lists for people that I would make those nominations. I agree with you, but I would also disagree in the fact that we know enough about human nature to know that we get tribal. Oh, yes. Well, and, yes. We and there certainly are, have seen that. And you, can cert- and, and you can pick your different tribes because well, you know, okay, that you all would, breaks down. You want to talk about tribal. One of the, one of the, the, the rules changes that got voted on this, mm-hmm. this time around was to allow the Hugo Committee – to arbitrarily decide one way or the other if something gets nominated or not. So basically, you 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 nominate things. Uh-huh. You nominate things. Okay, mm-hmm. we have the group. Everybody, you know, thousands sure, of people. Sure. Did, mm-hmm. you know, we get our top five. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the Hugo Committee can sit there and say, "Oh no, we don't like that one. That one's not going to work." And they can just they okay. just scratch it off. Okay. 
for no reason other than they choose to well as disqualify. long as long as you have well then it's ultimately dependent on who's on that committee yeah and that that is that at the end that's what it all comes down to is and that's where the accusation of gatekeeping comes in because you're going to have certain people on that committee every single time that are well then you want to, then, then what they've got then so, your obligation as a so the hugos the hugos have basically circled the wagons well according I, to a lot of people but i would also i would also argue that every now and again you get okay so chuck tingle's book yes. this year okay chuck tingle was massively and have, have you ever read his i have messages not. i have no, not he, okay first of all his books are very odd and he's aware of it and he does it on purpose right the yeah, way he's he, deliberate he he deliberately writes very silly odd weird books because it amuses him to do so and some people enjoy them so mm-hmm. good for that very few people are arguing that the book he had on this year's um <laughs> in fact he's not arguing he doesn't think his book should have been on the list sure no um, it he didn't have. he he came this close to pulling it because he's like it's not it shouldn't be there it's not it's not a best anything right right he has written a sequel following the uh, hugo the, awards the, the loss of the hugo uh and um but anyway i've i've I, somebody published his exchange, their email exchanges, and uh-huh. he his email exchanges are just weird. He's I, I'm going to have to read one of his books just for this very simple fact that I'm reading his email exchanges, going, I and, understand and, your, I'm following your thought processes, but the way you're writing this is so weird, and nobody and knows, interesting. and nobody knows who Chuck Tingle really is. It's like it's like James Tip, uh, Tiptree, but the the other thing when when you look at so what that, I'm saying is a gatekeeper would have kept that off because it's not right. So I mean, there's uh, some gatekeepers don't have to be a bad thing, but but you have to make sure the gatekeeper well isn't when you the bad have thing. when you have Jerry Purnell mm-hmm. coming in be- behind Noah Ward, there's something wrong because Jerry Purnell is is recognized hands down as as a really really good editor. Sure, and you know. Maybe the fact that he edited a handful of stories this year, but he got nominated mm-hmm. and he came back. He came in behind no award because he was on the rabbit puppies list. Well, the good and news is, is that we only, only had reason. two no awards this year. Yeah, we only had two. But if you if you go back and you look at all of the nominees and everything, mm-hmm. rabbit puppies had 13 out of 16 that won because the rabbit puppies and the sad puppies nominated the you know, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't last year where it was. You well, know, last year wasn't even like that where it was. We're all we're going to do all conservative and libertarian stuff. It was a mix of of nominees from all all stripes. Mm-hmm. And if you look at if you look at, I mean, Rabbit Puppies was a was its own thing because you know Ted Beale just decided we're just going to prove the point that they'll they'll burn it to the ground rather than have you know, rather than play fair, and that's exactly what they did. But uh, you know the nominees on both lists uh, were of a fairly broad spectrum mix, and that was the same case this year as well. It's not we're going to name all of the, you know all conservative writers. It's well, but I know, think I think after last year, think I think even last year, even even most of the folks who fall on on or would categorize themselves as part of the puppies in any iteration, mm. I, I don't think that they came out of last year going this is what we wanted. You know, and so of course, if if every, I think everybody went into this year, much more so than last year, 
saying, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Let, let's let's see. You know, yes, we can all we can vote our little blocks. We can right. have our little lists, but let's make sure those little lists are are something that we actually want to see win. Yeah, that we that we would if it wins, we can sit there and go, okay, I feel good about that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the no award thing, you know, well, the fact that we only had two actually, that, yes, that's, that, 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 that's, that's a, almost that's a an win. improvement. That's an improvement. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, but I think that, I think that what we end up with is when you've got something like Campbell or Sturgeon, when you are looking, again, you're looking at single titles, mm-hmm. you know, this right. is the winner. This is the winner as opposed to, you know, here are the categories. Right. Um, you end up with the more you add these folks in, the the, lar- the larger range of awards you have, you often c- you end up with something like the Academy Awards, where some years the Best Picture historically you go back and go, why did this film win? Because the Best Picture was Star Wars nominated and and didn't win, but the film that did win, you're going, this film aged terribly. Yeah, how, how could? But the thing is, is like. People vote, and and the voting well, is any, often any any award. Up. Any award is a popularity contest, and it's going to be sure. real interesting to see how the Dragon Awards go. Mm-hmm. And I wish we could be there mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I, you know, just to just to see how that goes, um, it would be nice to see. We will they, hear. I'm if, sure. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I, it would be nice if they if they live streamed it, but I don't know if they're gonna if they're gonna do that. I you know I should send a note to Bill Fawcett and say you know you guys should at least do that part. Yeah, or have and, somebody and or have somebody like live that. reporting or somebody there. Just, yeah. You know, Live tweeting or whatever. Right. Well, even I wish we could do that. You know, but, you know the Hugo hmm. the Hugo's not just don't just um, live stream theirs, but they also did a, a running text version. Yeah. You could yeah. also see yeah, a live journal, I think, right. or a live and blog or something. So I think you can, you know, having something like that. And of course, people but, do that with political stuff all the time now. So I mean, I think right. if they had somebody there who was dedicated to doing that. Going back to uh, the beginning of the segment, we we're talking about, you know, the transition generation. Yeah. When you look at the setup for Worldcon, mm-hmm. because we talked about this, it, it felt very much oh. like a throwback, oh, yeah. a throwback to the 80s. In both and, good in both in both weird ways and good ways, actually. Well, it it speaks to the mindset of the organization. Well, but I I, I think it does and it doesn't. And if that sounds a little washy, wishy washy, no, it does. It, it's not because in some respects, as I walked in there and I'm we're, we're doing the setup and I'm looking around, going, this reminds me of something. Mm-hmm. And it was very much yes, it was the it was the conventions of the 1980s. Well, you also stop and consider that. There was so much blowback about the idea, just the very idea of recording a panel. Yeah. It was almost like nobody ever does that kind of thing before. I'm like, wait, they do that at Comic-Cons all the time. Right. But the different, but the difference is, and one of the reasons that I didn't, I didn't, this didn't bother me as though it was the fact that this is not a media convention. This is a book convention. Right. And what two things ha- two things happen out of that. One, you don't have there were like six superhero standees and they were scattered around the room mm-hmm. and you'd walk past one and go, That just looks weird over there all yeah. by itself. Out of place. And then you go over to their, their vendor area is books. And I yeah. was a good little monkey. I did not <laughs> spend all Although my money on books. You did, oh, no. you did get the Miskatonic University bag. But but the the idea here that Go it was it was a throwback to that time. Well, I don't know. The throwback thing, the, the throwback thing, is where it gets interesting because we're so used to 
you know, uh, uh-huh. Planet Comic Cons, where you're so used to, you know, you got you know San Diego and New York, all these things. But they're these big sales events. They're these big media events. I mean, your, right. ven- your vendor thing is gigantic. It's a, it's a PR service. And you and I went to, yes, you and I, pointing my finger up in the air in general directions, but mostly just to go, you and I. Yes. We went to Casey Comic Con and mm-hmm. Planet Comic Con. Right. And how easy was it to get around this con? A world con? Yeah. Oh, it, was, it was very easy. Where because where were all the Everybody people? was in the panels. Everyone was in the panels. But that just speaks to the fact that you have fans who are paying money, mm-hmm. paying a lot of money mm-hmm. to get into these things. And you have people that are on the outside of the event who would be very interested in this kind of sure. thing. Sure. In certain panels, at least. But also, if you look, and there were, what, there were something like 30 things going on every hour. Oh, I know. Yeah, it was, it was insane. A lot. It was a ton. It was really it was too much. It was certainly too much for us to go to everything we wanted it was to. Too much, too much for Ken Keller. Ken yeah. Keller organized Mid American from 1976, and he's even sitting there saying, "It's there's too much but going on." In, in so this many stuff. of these things were industry oriented, mm-hmm. so it's a it's a little inside baseball, right? Which, but there are still certain things that. So this is more of a business of convention. Yeah, but than there was still else. there's still some things that would be of interest. But see, just just the idea. That a panel would be recorded. It was one of those things, you know, and we make the joke, we dra- you know, we dragged them kicking streaming into the 19th century here. Oh, Lord, yeah. Because, you know, it was one of those things where every time we turned around and said, here's what we want to do, mm-hmm. you know, we're looking at 21st century journalism sure. and, and mm-hmm. electronics and technology and process and, and yeah. things. And they're, they're selling used books. I know. In section G, it I mean, was cool. it was, it was almost like, it's almost like there's a dichotomy of thought be- between well, and I think, the way uh, we've always done it. Because oh, how sure. many times, yeah, 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 how many yeah, yeah. times no, did we hear in all of those oh, conversations yeah, we had? Well, we've never done it that way. I know. There, yeah, there's certainly some of that, but also there's a lot of that. But also, it is there is a big, big difference between the act of reading a book and going to a movie. I, no, and, no question. And no argument is, on that. This is very much geared towards the folks, and and you know, not ex, you know, if certainly if you like going to the movies, you can go to a WorldCon and have a good time. But but the thing is, uh, you know, talking to other people that were involved, uh, whether it was a committee level or organizationally or whatever, the impression that I got is that these the, this event mm-hmm. is stuck. It, right here, because you know, talk, talking to people that were that were that were involved in documenting this particular mm-hmm. event, you know, we're going around videotaping and stuff. Sure, we, I, 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 we releases and permission, and you know, what? No, wait, no, that that's not how it's done anymore. And we kept running into. It's not done that way anymore. We do it this way. And you know, how many people came up to us and said, what are you guys doing? Right. We're live streaming. Oh, really? That's so cool. Well, okay. I think, and, I think to some degree you run, it is that generational thing because you have the folks who are – because the focus is the literary model. And so they're not bringing in the things where – because generally speaking, mm-hmm. um, filming and reading – are not things that necessarily go well together. They're awfully dull to sit there and very right. very few people reading a book to themselves we have, are visually engaging. 
we have a photograph that we did not post on Instagram, I don't think. Uh, Mindy, the intern without portfolio, took mm. this photograph of a collection of scooters. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Little getting yeah. around, getting sure. around the grocery mm-hmm. store scooters because the people are not not young enough to right. motivate on their own. The the average age, and I actually was working my way around to this. The average age is older. And that could be a problem. Well, it probably is going to be a problem because... One, mindset. Two, they die out. What happens to the to Well, the, the event? good news is is that we did see a lot of... There were a lot of younger people there. The first, the, when the first Sun, time... Saturday and Sunday, yeah. Yeah. So, so they're there. Um, the question is, when those folks... When are those folks going to get onto the steering boards and the committees mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. like that? And that, unfortunately... Um, is not something that anybody has any control over except for them. Because well, you look at the, the folks, time, you the folks the are running Comic Cons, yeah, and they're older too. Well, by the time, well, see, yeah, well, mm-hmm. but they're but they're also not all at, of them. No, but a lot of them, a lot of the older ones are coming out from a media standpoint versus a literature standpoint. Yeah, and but by the time mm. these younger people get to the point where they're running this event, sure. They're going to be in their 40s and 50s and 60s. And, and the media model is going to be completely different. The, it's the way we've always done it. It will still yeah, be but, the prevalence. But for them, it's going to be everything's live tweeted. And the cameras, are, they're going to be, and they're going to be filming everything you know, from their phones. I, I hope so because I, we want to do this again. Oh, sure. But I, th- I, yeah, it's, it's, I actually, while, while recognizing that it is, there are a lot of things that it's like, no, really, come with us if you want to live um 21st century is over here uh, i still met i still enjoyed all bad i enjoyed the fact that there was room and then we could get around and we could talk to people and people would come over and sit down and talk to us for a while oh yeah we had interviews that lasted 30 minutes and and that was something that we don't get no at planet or casey comic although the planet people both the 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 two that we interact with the most were out there Mm -hmm. um one of them uh asked is is this the new model now? Is this what you guys are doing? It could be. We get some money. That's right. By the way, folks, we do have a Patreon account, patreon.com slash sci-fi for me. I don't promote this enough because it's, it's, true, you like, don't. it's like, give us money. I don't, I don't like sounding like we're begging, but. Now we have now we have purpose to this Patreon account. Should you wish, we would the way the way this works. The Patreon account is basically like public television, right? Where, you know, you mm-hmm. you pledge to PBS, and it's kind of kind of like a hybrid between PBS, PBS and Kickstarter. Is, PBS is something you find on broadcast <laughs> as opposed to yeah. Um, although so, PBS has to have an internet channel, right? I don't know. They've got to have an internet. I channel. don't know. I don't know. They don't, um, I, I I don't know. I really don't. Sure they do. Um, so basically, what it is, is is if you are so inclined, and we're not obligating you to do anything like that because we're going to be generating the content no matter what. Right. Uh, you can pledge a monthly dollar amount to support us getting more equipment, right. traveling to various conventions, whatever you know. It just basically, Helsinki. yeah, yeah, Helsinki, Ireland, bus, baby. So um, I want to go to Ireland. So it's an ongoing thing, where as opposed to Kickstarter, which is you know a limited amount of time and a fixed amount of right. money and whatever, uh, the 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 Patreon thing is is continuous, month to month to month to month until unless you change it. Right. If you decide you don't want to do it anymore, you want to change the amount that you want to do. Um, it's entirely 
uh, within your control however much you want to give us to support everything that we do right. if you want to give sure. us money to support. So patreon.com slash sci-fi for me and uh, all of the other social media, of course, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, mm-hmm. Google+. Plus. Watch Tumblr, the website. YouTube. Lots of stuff going to be on the website. Yeah, a lot, lots of that. Rolling um, out. Articles still coming out of Worldcon, still coming out of San Diego Comic Con because mm-hmm. we've still got articles from that. We've got uh, Salacious Crumbs still coming with uh, news from Star Wars Celebration and everything past that. We have uh, interviews that we're still uh, cutting out and 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 doing post production on to drop onto our YouTube channel. So yeah, there's still a lot of content coming out of the last three or four weeks of events uh, that's going to hit. Uh, various different places on our site so so be looking for that very cool stuff and new episodes of podcasts that are coming mm-hmm. soon as well we're going to be recording a new episode of sci-fi for chicks a new mm-hmm. episode of echo chamber at some point uh, rogues gallery is going to kick back in here in september right after, the new the news on apocalypse now for uh, fear of the walking dead will be out tomorrow okay Saturday. Yeah. Uh, uh, Later than I wanted to. Sci-Fi XY. We've got another episode coming out there. So lots of activity, and we do it all for free because Rich Uncle Otto hasn't shown up yet. So if you happen to be rich and and your name is Otto. Otto. Or actually, you know what? You don't have to be named Otto. No, I suppose not. All right. That's going to do it for us, folks. Thanks very much for listening to this episode of H2O. We will be back next week with uh, another another episode. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Copyright 2016 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio. 